I'm Kate Daniels. Alzheimer's is a term that has the power to make us feel something akin to being punched in the gut. We're aware of how it robs people of life, of who they are. Yet in the midst of this exists hope. To learn more about the things that are happening and how we can be involved, we have Bob LeRoy, Executive Director of the Alzheimer's Association here, to share some insights and extend a big invite to an important walk. Bob LeRoy, good morning and thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Thank you, Kate. I'm very pleased to be with you. You are a man with, uh, I feel, a lot of passion and a lot of empathy being so involved locally, but I think it probably extends beyond our local area, being involved with the Alzheimer's Association and all the work that's being done here in our Puget Sound area. Yes, I'm very pleased to be the executive director for the association's Washington State chapter, We serve all of Washington as well as northern Idaho. So that's a lot of territory to cover. And sadly, that's a lot of people that are dealing with this area of Alzheimer's and dementia, correct? It it is. We estimate that uh, there are currently about 110,000 people in Washington state that are living with some form of dementia. And they're being cared for by almost 350,000 caregivers, most of whom are unpaid family members. So this is really nothing less than a public health epidemic for us. And let's right at the outset, Bob, talk about dementia and Alzheimer's. There is a distinction, and yet there's a relationship here. Could you clarify that for us? Sure. Dementia is, is, is really, if you think of it like an umbrella for a, a category uh, of symptoms, there are many, many kinds of dementia, likely over 70, of which Alzheimer's dementia is the most prevalent form. And that's the one that I think instills huge fear in probably the majority of us. Well, I think so. You know, I'm, I'm a baby boomer, and Alzheimer's has been called the defining disease of our generation. As the baby boomers age, as age continues to be a primary predictor for the disease, many of us, many more of us are at risk, and it's terrifying. It is because we... As you said, the numbers are astounding. 110,000 people just in our area that are suffering with this ravaging disease. And we see how it affects the person. uh, And it is frightening because we feel so helpless. Well, we do. And and it does affect the person, but it also affects the family and and even entire communities. This is a... uh, this is a, a, a very powerful and disruptive force uh, in our communities, and it's one that we still know very little about, although we're learning more and more every day, and we are really hopeful uh, that before too much more time passes, we'll have some effective means of, of treating and ultimately preventing and curing the disease. But the best we can do right now is uh, to, to work on providing quality of life for individuals who are living with the disease and their families, 
uh, and continue to drive more money to fund research. That's what will get us to prevention and cure. And that's a really key point that leads us into one of our main missions, their main goals this morning, and that is to extend the invitation to one of the major fundraisers. That's the big walk that's coming up. That's right, and and thank you for for mentioning it. Uh, We actually are hosting 16 walks to end Alzheimer's uh, across Washington State and northern Idaho, but our largest, our Pacific Northwest Walk, is coming up on September 24th. Uh, We'll be at the Mural Amphitheater in Seattle Center. And we welcome all to come and and join us. You know, our walks are so very important to us, really, for two reasons. Uh, They're very important fundraisers, but they're also opportunities for us to be in community with friends and families, sharing our story and helping people uh, connect to us uh, and the other resources for information and education and 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 truly help and hope. All of that so critically important. And being at the walk, making connections with other people helps us to feel so much less alone going through this. Absolutely. There is a just a, a devastating loneliness uh, for folks with the disease and often for the loved ones who are caring for them. And just being able to be with other p- folks who are, who are on the same journey and share stories and share experiences really does inspire some comfort and confidence and, and mitigate that, that special loneliness. So this is a really big part of participating. Another equally as important part is the fundraising part of it. And it really touches on what you said, Bob, earlier about the need to do more research. The fundraising is really key towards that, isn't it? It absolutely is. And in fact, the money we raise at our walks uh, does go to fund research. And it also goes to fund a broad spectrum of programs and services that we provide for individuals and families free of charge. So um, the fundraising at the walk really fuels our efforts to help individuals and families in Washington State and also continue to drive more money toward Alzheimer's research. And in terms of providing these services to families locally, but it happens in other communities, but for us locally, from what I understand, the services, there's a contact you can make 24-7. We have a wonderful toll-free helpline, uh, and you're absolutely right. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, staffed by master's-level clinicians who are just incredible resources for folks, answering an amazing range of questions. I don't know what to do. My husband used to manage our money, and he can't seem to balance the checkbook anymore. He he keeps forgetting. I don't know what's going on. Is there a doctor or a clinic that you could that you could refer us to? Um, my wife got lost on the way home from Safeway. We've lived in the same neighborhood for 30 years. Uh, I know something's wrong. Are there people that I can talk to to, to get help? 
it's two o'clock in the morning. My my husband is so much bigger than I am. How do I get him out of the bathtub? Those kinds of of questions, and and we not only provide answers, we provide links to other resources for information and education and support, all available through the helpline. That has to feel like a, a, really a safety net for someone that is floundering. Say it is two in the morning and they're going through something like this, to know that there is a phone number they can call and someone is going to be able to listen and direct them somewhere. Yes, that's that's the hope. And that's how we can be important partners here. When we think in terms of 110,000 people that have the diagnosis, but then you said over 300,000 people needing to be the support network, and those numbers are growing, aren't they? Well, they are. You know, I mentioned the 110,000 people living with the disease and the 350,000 unpaid family caregivers we are projecting that those numbers will increase by almost 200% in the next 25 years. That really is just gut-wrenching to think of that happening, uh, just that many more people directly affected. But if we think there are problems with the healthcare system now, uh, it's mind-boggling to think what that could mean. Well, it is, and, and you think about it really in two terms. One is is, uh, is emotional, uh, and the other is economic. You know, Alzheimer's is the most expensive disease in America. Uh, we, we estimate that it's going to cost our country about $259 billion this year. And by mid-century, by 2050, the annual cost of Alzheimer's care will exceed $1.1 trillion. So the cost of Alzheimer's care by mid-century, if we, if we don't get ahead of this, in and of itself will bankrupt our health care system. Uh, it, it, it's interesting to compare costs. In, in Medicare dollars right now, it costs three times as much to care for someone with Alzheimer's as it does to care for anyone with any other chronic disease. And in Medicaid dollars, which focus primarily on long-term care, that ratio is 23 to 1. So the cost of Alzheimer's care, it's unsustainable. Right. That's the economics, and that's really significant. Then there is, as you mentioned, really important is the emotional toll, both on the person with the diagnosis, but certainly on not just the direct family members who, of course, you know, have to live with this as well, but the community, you know, we're, we are impacted as well in various ways. So we need to really do all we can to get ahead of this crisis. We do, and uh, Kate, I imagine that, that you're like so many people I, I talk with. The disease has become such a common denominator that it's quite unusual to talk with anyone who hasn't been touched by it. If not in the family, then in the workplace or in the community, at church. So we really need to view this as a challenge for all of us whether we're currently uh, living with the disease or have it in our family or not. Exactly.
So this awareness, talking about it, because it is so prevalent, we've probably been hearing something, but here to really get some of the specific numbers, and not just that, now to find a way that really we can be proactive. Certainly getting involved with something like the walk is one way to really be putting putting ourselves out there and and saying we want to help yes and and let me talk just a bit about uh other programs and services that the money we raise from the walk helps us provide we we talked about the helpline we have a lot of information on our website Uh, we have a wonderful care consultation program uh, again with with skilled social workers who work on an ongoing, continuing basis with individuals and families, uh, often in their homes. That's a particular attribute of the program that we're able to offer uh, in King County, uh, also in Snohomish County. Uh, and it's, it's just so important for the individuals and families that we're able to serve. We do a great deal of community education. We're out in community all the time talking with people, helping to inform them about how the disease works and the challenges and sources of support for the caregivers. Advocacy and public policy are very important parts of our work. We have champions in the legislature, both in Olympia and in Congress. Uh, And at the federal level, we're just, we're very encouraged at the extent to which more federal dollars are being allocated to Alzheimer's research. We are, the Alzheimer's Association, the largest private funder of Alzheimer's research in the world. So it's these kinds of programs that, that are funded in large measure by our walks. And that's why, again, we extend that invitation to get involved with a walk in your area. And the fact that there are 16 of them across the network here in Washington State and into Idaho just shows how important that activity is. Right. And so how would people get registered? I imagine they could show up uh, on uh, September 24th at the Mural Amphitheater, but ideally they would register ahead of time, right? Yes. Uh, They can certainly show up on the day of the walk, and, and we would welcome them and help them register. But they can register at any time online, and the website is alz.org slash walk. And there, just plug in your address or a zip code, and you can find, of course, this walk. Or if there's one that's a little more convenient, or maybe the date doesn't quite work, you'll find one that suits you, right? Absolutely. You'll uh, have an opportunity to select the walk that is most convenient for you. And, and of course, we would love to have you there with us on walk day, but, it, but if for whatever reason you can't, we would also welcome your online donation. And that's an important thing because sometimes uh, life takes us in different directions that we can't be there. But just to underscore, to be there is to meet this community of people that can be your next best friend to help and support you through whatever is going on in your life around this area of Alzheimer's and dementia. But if you can't be, yes, as you said, Bob, that donation is so important. 
Yeah. I will say, too, uh, for those who may not have experienced one of our walks, one of the things that, that I always look forward to is, you know, there's almost a reunion-like quality. There are individuals and families that come to the walk year after year to honor the, the lives of, of those that they've known and, and, and perhaps lost to the disease. And, and for someone who is new on the journey, as I suggested earlier, just to be in the company of some of these folks who have been on this long journey with loved ones and are still on it or have come through it, but are united because of of their passion for their cause and a desire to help us serve others and eventually find more effective treatments and ultimately a cure. Yes, that is what you're about. That's what we all want and need to be about is finding those treatments and, oh, to look to the day that there could be a cure that we don't have that ravaging our brain, ravaging a family member, ourselves potentially. Yes, absolutely. And the thing is, there have been strides. I think that there's been some advancement made where people are able to perhaps stay active longer. Is that so? It's absolutely so. Uh, We're learning more and more about the benefits of lifestyle choices that, that we can all make and that benefit us whether or not we ever develop Alzheimer's disease. And they're focused around activity and around diet. What we eat makes a difference. Uh, We often say if it's good for the heart, it's good for the brain. And so a heart-healthy diet uh, is very important. You mentioned staying active. That is so very important. Staying active, mentally active, physically active, socially active. Um, None of these lifestyle choices will cure the disease or prevent the disease but they might very well preserve quality of life for a longer period of time and allow someone who's living with the disease to remain in community, however that community is defined, in the family, in the neighborhood, in the church. Lifestyle matters. And to utilize the support that is available by making the connection with the various kinds of activities that go on via the Alzheimer's Association. There are opportunities for people to to be active. I think I heard uh, a gentleman speak who's an active volunteer who has the disease, but he's able to do the thing he loves and be then an advocate and reach out to people. Absolutely. We have a number of social engagement programs for folks in the early stage of the disease and their care partners. We, we have uh, weekly walking programs at, at the Woodland Park Zoo, for example, and at the Point Defiance Zoo in Tacoma. There's a wonderful uh, model, and we partner with a number of local providers called the Alzheimer's Cafe. And all it requires is a local restaurant to set aside some time, maybe one afternoon a month. And folks with Alzheimer's and their care partners can come in and they can have a cup of coffee and a slice of pizza or a bagel and they can talk. They can enjoy one another's company. And, you know, the conversation often has absolutely nothing to do with Alzheimer's and everything to do with life. I think the mantra of so many people that that we just have the honor to serve, 
who are living with Alzheimer's is they make that precise point. We're not dying from Alzheimer's. We're living with Alzheimer's. And the more we can do to, to help people remain in community, enjoy the things they've always enjoyed, including one another's company, uh, we think we're really doing important work. And that piece of it, that social interaction and engagement, uh, could have uh, as much potency as some kind of a pill in in terms of being able to have that person just, I don't know, are they like great endorphins bouncing around in the brain? <laughs> well, I, I, I do know that uh, I, I, I'm just always inspired by uh, the way uh, folks who, who are on this journey um, find the humor and share the memories and the experience while they're continuing to make memories and experience with one another. You know, we, we also have, just to give another example, we have a great partnership with the folks at the Fry Art Museum on a program that involves guided tours of the gallery for folks with dementia and their care partners and also a program that encourages folks with dementia to express themselves by painting. Both of these programs uh, have, have been so well received, not only by the person with dementia, but also by the care partner, because it's something they can continue to do and enjoy together. So isn't it wonderful that we can utilize all these different entities in our community? They're yeah. right here. We can mm-hmm. do this as a group, though. We don't have to kind of seek it out on our own. The Alzheimer's Association has the, the groups going out together, and it can, again, be a, a, another added uh, string of support. Absolutely, and, and we can make those, those wonderful connections with other uh, partners in the community. There's a, a, a wonderful sort of grassroots movement uh, in, in Seattle called Momentia, and it's really all about uh, providing opportunities for folks for folks with dementia, for caregivers, for other family members, to be active, doing meaningful, enjoyable things while they're remaining a vibrant part of their community. So the big message here, along with the invite to the walk, but the big message is there is just so much support and assistance available simply by looking for it or making a call. Yeah. And, Kate, if I might, let me offer the toll-free helpline number for folks. It is 800-272-3900. 800-272-3900. That's really the gateway for individuals and families to, to us uh, and to all of our services and supports. The walk is really the engine that fuels so much of this good work. So, again, we invite and welcome folks to, uh, to register and to come and enjoy a wonderful experience with us. Yes, if there's money well spent, this is it, because it doesn't just help an individual. It helps really the whole community. It helps the world because we are moving towards something that will make life, well, currently better, enhance that life, but also ultimately to find fund the research to find the cure. 
That's the truth of it. So, again, let's mention getting to the walk. And we're focusing, even though there are multiple ones, uh, we're mm-hmm. kind of focusing on the Seattle walk. Yeah. So Sunday, September 24th at the Mural Amphitheater at Seattle Center. It is a Sunday, and we expect that there will be uh, adequate parking for everyone. We uh, do encourage people to arrive early. Registration opens at 8 a.m., Uh, There is a brief program that begins at 9, and then uh, everyone walks. The walk is low-key. There's no pressure. It's not competitive. We have uh, folks who join us on walkers and in wheelchairs. It's not a race. It is really an opportunity to share uh, passion, experience, memories of loved ones with folks that could be wonderful friends that you simply haven't had an opportunity to meet and folks and family members that you've known for many years. So there are countless reasons to be there. And if you can't be there, as we said, really take the time to support this basically fundamental, important organization in our community. Thank you. And so, Bob, let's mention the website because that, of course, has the wealth of information along with being able to either donate or register for the walk. Okay. The walk website is alz.org slash walk. alz.org slash walk. So it couldn't be simpler than that. And... There, you will also be able to find out more information about the different activities. And I think we've touched on so much, Bob, of the good things that are going on and people who might feel just lost because they don't know what to do. There's no reason to feel that feeling. There absolutely is not. You know, on the one hand, this is not something anyone prepares for. But on the other, there are so many extraordinary people who have experience with the disease and with caregiving that can be sources of information and inspiration to anyone who's just starting out on this journey. So let's avail ourselves of that help, of the opportunities to make those connections so we don't feel so isolated. Yes. And I think, you know, All of us, I am sure all of us, have a connection somehow with the disease. I know my father had dementia. I have an uncle who died from Alzheimer's. And people actually, it is a killer. People are killed by Alzheimer's, aren't they? Yes. We were talking earlier about the many forms of dementia, and I mentioned that Alzheimer's Alzheimer's dementia is the most prevalent. It's also the only one that in and of itself is fatal. And that's because Alzheimer's disease kills brain cells. And over time, it kills a sufficient amount of brain cells to inhibit and ultimately prevent an individual from doing some pretty important things like swallowing and breathing. Yes. And it's not at all a selective disease. It can certainly affect anyone uh, really at any time because it does touch people in their younger years, in their 40s. Well, it it does. uh, And it is, to your point, it is just completely indiscriminate. It can strike anyone. 
Uh, we believe that there are about a quarter of a million people uh, in this country today that are living with Alzheimer's under the age of 65. It's primarily a disease of older people, but by no means is it exclusively uh, a disease that, that impacts our seniors. So we see, I think, a, a really broad view here of what Alzheimer's can do. And now we also know what we can do to effect change. And we have that opportunity readily available to us, don't we, Bob? We do. And, and I really want to circle back. I mean, we've talked about a disease that is terrifying, that is unsustainably expensive, that is progressive and ultimately fatal. But the message I really want to leave today is the one of help and hope, that the state of the science is exciting. We're learning more every day about what causes the disease and how perhaps to prevent it. And the services and supports that are available from the Alzheimer's Association and our community partners really can make a difference in easing the pain and the complexity of the journey for individuals and families. Thank you, Bob. That's a wonderful message to leave us with and a great message of hope. So thank you so much for taking your time with us this morning and sharing this important information. Kate, again, thanks to you. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Anytime we have a chance to tell our story, share our message, there's a chance that people will find their way to us and we can begin to reach and serve them. Thank you. You're so welcome. And just a note that there is still time that we could consider the Tacoma Walk. That is next Sunday, September 10th, and it takes place at the University of Puget Sound.